I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg. Seventh day of August. Good morning, Georgia. Morning. And good morning to you folks in Milton. In Milton. Milton. Way up Highway 400. Milton. Right there. It's a, the last stop you make before you hit the Forsyth County line up there. You as far as you can go, just about in uh, North Fulton and still be in Fulton County. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, we are here. We want to remind you that uh, Kenny Maine, he has joined the Odyssey family with Hey Maine. Download Hey Maine on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. And I have talked about how we're going to be out in the streets this upcoming week. John and Hugh, Steak and Sandra, Andy and Randy are going to be at Falcons training camp Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday's a travel day. They're going up to get some very delicious pumpkin pie in the city of Detroit, Michigan. Dukes and Bell will be eating wonderful wings out there at Hooters with Mr. Crenshaw at some point uh, in Buford, either Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. But they're going to be out there those three days. And Andy and Randy on Friday will be at Twin Peaks in Buckhead. So that's us in the street. That's what we know about right now. That yeah. might change. I'm sure you, you know you're right. That, that might could. change. They could. They might find a place for Chuckery. But that's what's, on the, books. that's what's on the books right now. <laughs> on the books. <laughs> it it okay. could change. I'm hoping that – now, here we are at 9 o'clock in the morning. We got here at dark 30 in the 4 o'clock hour yep. coming in here. And and I-20 just heading heading eastbound, coming from the west side, uh, right around MLK, was stopped. Just stopped. Mm-hmm. And I had to get off and weave through West Bend and had a wonderful time doing that because I haven't done but that But nice to be able to do that. You got to know the area. You some got, people don't. You know what I mean? As, as we get set for another international sporting event to come to town. That's right. Yes, you know, the World Cup is coming here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we know the Olympics was here a few years ago. And people who didn't know the city, they were stuck to the freeway. And on those buses with those out-of-town bus drivers that were getting everybody lost. You know, if you knew your way around the town, when I came to town during the Olympics in 96, I never touched the freeway. I stayed off the freeway because I knew where to go in the streets, Surface Street. Right. I drove right up to the front door of stuff. You know, and people well, you should have told them folks that were coming here for Freaknik about that. Because otherwise they wouldn't have clogged up the interstate. Well, they, but they, they, they wanted to clog up the interstate, though. <laughs> they, 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 they weren't trying to go anywhere. People don't remember they, that. Yeah, but Bill yeah. Campbell literally shut down the exits yeah. off of the connector you know? to keep them folks out. <sighs> Early nineties. I'm, t- <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Just shut them down. I was out of town for all that. I was I was hearing about it and, and yeah. reading about it, but I, I was wasn't living. Dude, shut here. down the exits off the interstate. Yeah. Just to keep spring breakers from from, from infiltrating certain neighborhoods. <laughs> oh man. Um, but again, as 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 we 
You know, you talk about what's going on in the city and get lost. Just find yourself, because that's how you find your way around the city. I mean, do a deep dive and get lost, but just explore other areas, you know, if you have to do it during daylight hours or whatever. But find your way to maneuver around certain things. People, you, had, you had to do this. Remember when the, when the freeway burned? You had to do this up here, you know, just on 85. You had a freeway several years ago. Remember the freeway burn? I'm trying to remember. Give me the years the of that. Freeway, oh, my goodness. This is what, I remember when it was about, a cow on the interstate out there. No, the freeway actually burned right right here at um, um, Piedmont. Right, right, right. How come right, I can't remember that? What I don't was, know why How long ago that? was it? Give me. It's what, about four years ago? Four or five how years. come I can't? What, uh, not when you say Because you don't go ago. that way. You don't go that way. Oh, so, okay. You said, I don't. Right. I get my nails done outside the perimeter. Well, no, no, the free. The, 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 <laughs> The freeway burned right around the corner from where we are, man. Not far. What caused the fire? Uh, well, they said someone was underneath. Oh, you talking about underneath? Right. Okay, that it wasn't, wasn't underneath. The, the whole freeway no, burned. No, but dude, that was the access along eighty-five. Okay, what? now I know what you're talking about. What? That was that was those 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 um, what do you call it? Um, oh, piping. The the, the yeah, the, but, the, but that was the freeway pe- that burned. Pe- well, it wasn't so. Well, yeah, okay. it was. Yeah, people, people, the but free- it started under that access area. Along 85, where you get off there, where you well, can yeah, do a little well, yeah, I know, but, skid but, off here on the Buford Highway, and, but it, and then but it, but it burned. The, yeah, you're right. It was. It was. It was. And so they, PCV valves that were stored while, underneath there. While, while they while they were fixing it, people discovered that's right. The street street, you know, had to go through the streets, go through okay. Druid Hills. You're right. I had forgotten down about through that. Morningside, and you know, all kind of places to get where they were going. That was interesting. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. Not, you were yeah. forced to learn the city. Right. And that was like my old neighborhood. I used to live over there. Well, anyway, the whole point of this is I hope I twenty is is opened up now, and 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 it's I would open. imagine it would be free breathing restored. Yes, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Nice. All right, Sam and Greg, Sports Radio ninety two nine The Game ninety two nine The Game dot com. Going to talk to Corey McCartney in just a minute or a few minutes here. But your takeaways from the um, Hall of Fame. I don't know how much time you had a chance to see it. I recorded it. I figured I'd check it out today and just dipped in and dipped out because there was so much. To watch yesterday, and and I had some other things I had to do, um, but I didn't see that um, for any substantial amount of time. So, like I said, I'm gonna go check it out later. But Dick Vermeil, for me, I mean, the players, there was no player from a team that I connected with. Yeah. But Richard Seymour, I know, he, you know, spent some time down here, and I know you wanted to hear some of what he had to say. I know he played at UGA, and he was very thoughtful, and uh, as all of them were, right? You know, at that, that time, it's it's an amazing moment when you get a chance to we uh, get the ultimate honor of a sport, and uh, it's, it's one more thing for Georgia to light a cigar about, huh? Um, all the <laughs> yeah. things that have gone on with them, you know, the winning of the championship, having all those players drafted early in the draft, and and now before you start this season, one of your greats from the past gets the game's ultimate honor. Um, in, in, uh, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So Richard Seymour had these thoughts yesterday. We never cared who got the accolades as long as we got the W. And that wouldn't have happened without one of the best owners in sports. RKK, I call him the Godfather. You may know him as Mr. Kraft. <laughs> RKK, that's yeah. what they would call him. Call him. Uh, and you know what he gave? Uh, um, uh, Belichick gave uh, Seymour the greatest uh, credit because he, the drafting drafting this guy, he, he was one of the backbones of that d- defense and really made the difference uh, in the Patriots being able to become this dominant team that they became for so long. Um, he really gave Richard Seymour credit for being a big part of that dominance. 
You uh, earlier in the show mentioned that Dion showed up. Yeah. And Dion is, has been very vocal about his thoughts on the Hall of Fame and that he feels like there's a whole lot of people who shouldn't be in there. It ain't the Hall, it ain't the hall of Good. It's the Hall of Fame. And, and so he's made his, his thoughts on that well-known. But he went there, you said, for his, um, his buddy Leroy Butler? Yeah. Was out there. See, Florida, I can't. He was a Florida State guy. I got it, and I, but you know, I'm not feeling no Leroy Butler. Not him as a person, but he played for the team. You know, yeah, the, the rival uh, yeah, for right, the Bears, right? right He's up right. there playing in Green Bay. But Sam Mills, obviously honored. Um, but Dick Vermeil is an interesting story in that he spent so much time in this profession, right? That people forgot what he is. Almost like kind of like John Madden, and he nearly killed himself. When he was when he was first doing this, when he was sleeping, I mean, he was the guy who, when they talk about coaches sleeping in, in their office, Just Dick Vermeil is the dude that they're talking about. With that Eagles team, got him to the Super Bowl in 1980, lost to Oakland, but then left the sidelines and became that. I mean, if you associate the play-by-play voice of college football with Keith Jackson, Dick Vermeil was that voice as far as an analyst. For years, I ended up spending a lot of time working with Brent Musburger, but you got to go. Oh yeah, that's right. He spent all them years doing, you know, calling college football games. And then get back into it. You know, it's amazing how he was able to do and get back in with a team with a different vibe and um, level of level of excitement. You know, greatest show on turf, and uh, we got to see them get their ultimate win, ultimate victory right here in Atlanta in well, Georgia Dome. Let's yeah, one yard short. Too. How about that? Let's uh, hear from Dick Vermeil. Last night, sitting up behind me was Mike Jones. If Mike Jones doesn't make the tackle on the last play of the Super Bowl 34, I'm not here today. Players win games. It's our job to prepare them to get them ready to win games and share relationships and work ethics and everything else with them. So, God, I, I will forever be in debt. I will be forever in debt to all you people. Way to go, Coach. Well said. It also reminds me of how many coaches, all-time you know, greats, if you will, mm-hmm. that made that pivot during their career and realized that what they used to do doesn't work, and i got to suck up my ego and change how I've been doing things. That's one of the people um, that falls into that category. And it took a lot of time. It took those years of him doing broadcasting and somebody who he obviously respected to say, okay, this is what you're going to do now. You got to relinquish some of the power. Right. You got to let your coaches coach, and he tripped and fell into, as you said, one of the all-time great offenses. When they when they give you a name, then you know you got something special going on. Right. We were right. teasing Eric about about. Um, well, you know what? Talk talk about timing. Today, Alan Page's birthday. Alan Page, the cornerstone of the Purple People Leader. Now, we were talking about that to you, and you weren't familiar with the Purple People Leader, were you? No, I'm Actually, it wasn't them. Yeah. It was, it was um, Merlin Olsen. Yeah, was it Fearsome Foursome. Fearsome Foursome. Yeah, people I know about. The, you okay. Know, the Vikings made all those Super Bowls, couldn't win one. That's right. But yep. they made it to them. Yeah. Only two teams the, go. The original Buffalo Bills. <laughs> well, they didn't do it four in a row. I think that's still an ama- that's one of the most amazing feats in sports. Despite yep. the losses, those guys – Sucking up and getting that intestinal fortitude after getting beaten wide right in the first one and then coming back for three more Super Bowls. My first Super Bowl experience right here in Atlanta. But but to to that point, though, Dick Vermeil uh, gets this 
greatest show on turf and and rides it to a Super Bowl yeah. and and people he, he I, mean, I think a, I think he's accolade cuz he did he he dialed it back with a lot of quarterback to that was so unlikely exactly this story on Kurt Warner is, is simply amazing you get a guy who comes from the background that he came from and this is the guy you get back in the game and this is the guy you got as your quarterback but look at where you end up Right, uh, just an unlikely of stories. It really is. Have you seen that pro- that uh, project with him? Where I forgot who the dude was playing Kurt Warner. That movie that came out was about it his life. I haven't yeah. seen. It. I want to see. It's on my list. I didn't see it. Yeah. No, you got you. You have something on your my, list. My, my takes list is growing and growing. Yeah. No, no. It should be one thing, and then we move on with everybody else. You going to promise by next week you're going to watch it? Actually, yeah. I have a day off tomorrow, which is extremely rare for me. I got a luncheon to go to. Wink, wink. And then after that, I actually have nothing to do. Okay. Well, please watch it. We have we we have an assignment for our producer who admits freely he's never seen The Godfather, which I want you to do it for no other reason than to understand some of the references that we make, because The Godfather is so entwined in just general conversation that if you don't know what's going on, you don't know what's going on. Or, well, I catch or just, most of the references because those are from the iconic scenes, but. I, I don't know them all. Okay. Well, just just watch it and I'll and, be ready. Prepare, <laughs> prepare a quiz, sir. Um, but who else? I was trying to think of the other the, the coaches that made that pivot, all time coaches. The one Hall of Famer that I can think of is Don Shula. Right, absolutely. He he kind of had to. My, well, yeah, getting to Miami. Well, doing what he did. Do you think people remember that he went and had one of the baddest teams? Period, uh, with Baltimore Colts. I didn't hear Eric chime up, so I was waiting for him to jump oh. in there. Well, okay. you didn't say nothing no. there. Well, I, I know a little bit before your time, you though. Know. No, it's not. Well, it is, but trust me, I know the history very well. <laughs> yeah, and does. and you know, but it's funny you say that Shula changed up. Would Shula have changed up if Dan Marino did not fall to the Dolphins? Because Shula did not even. I remember watching the Elway to Marino. Yeah, the thirty for thirty. Okay? Shula didn't even have Marino scouted and. Things like that because he was like, there's no way we thought he was going to fall to us. Of course, when he got there, he was like, well, I got the greatest arm in the league. I got to change the way my team runs. But You just said story, it right there. You just story, said it. Yeah, but what if it would it have happened? You know, yeah. well, the Dolphins would have been a run-first team if Dan Marino didn't arrive in South Beach. And who's to say that those that three-headed monster would have stayed together? See, there's a lot of what-ifs that go there, but he did land them. And the fact that, just like Dick Vermeil – he did. He wasn't that jughead type of coach that he was prior to that. Dick Vermeil had to acquiesce to some coaches. Somebody got to Don Shula and made him listen and said, "You have got a generational talent here. Do not screw it up." Along the way, he had a running game, and I think it's still a record. There's been no other team that had three running backs that all gained a thousand yards right. in a season. All right. And so Zonk, Kick, Zonk. and Morris, Zonk, yeah. Kick, and Morris, yep. got all got a thousand yards. Now who's the middle one? Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, and and, and Jim, Jim, Kick. Jim Kick. Now that was a little bit. Now I will say this: I I, I morphed those, I, I mashed those together. To be honest with you, that was Bob Greasy time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's make this Mid-70s. correct here. He went from Baltimore, right. won the Super Bowl, had the you know undefeated season with Bob Greasy as his quarterback, but still that team and the way he ran it was somewhat similar. To what he did in Baltimore, mm-hmm. okay, it took a it took a special special day from a guy named Joe Namath for him to derail that Baltimore. So he could have one more ring, but they lost one of the most famous Super Bowls of all time. That's the only reason Joe Namath's in the Super Bowl is because he beat that team and made that 
you know, made that prediction, Lot will tell you, look at his stats, he ain't worthy of Hall of Fame. And, and real quick, and a complete side note about Don Shula, I hear people talk about it all the time, but if you want one of the best steaks that you'll ever get, oh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I've yeah. been to that joint. Yeah. Well, yeah. that yeah. one in Maryland. Oh, uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Go, 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 go. <laughs> but again, just like just like for Meal and, and some other coaches, and I'm sure we're leaving somebody off the uh, out of this conversation, but once those 70s teams that did it all and went up against Pittsburgh and Oakland and all that, they beat each other up, is when Marino landed. And he went from that type of approach to putting the team together to letting this wild horse do what he did and Duper and Clayton. We know about the Marx brothers and all of them, but yeah. Well, congratulations to all those guys, though. You know, and uh, would you have liked to have played for, for Don Shula? Because there's some people, yeah. him and him oh, and yeah. Dick Vermeil, yeah. yeah. those yeah. guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, as a coach, you're going to win successfully. You, you, you talk about the different methods, but the track record speaks for itself. You want to be around with a winner, that's what he's going to do. See, I thought that wasn't the answer you're going to give me. Was the answer mean? I would have given you? Is, yeah, I would have been living in Miami. Oh, <laughs> that, would, that, that would have been mine. That too. Uh, you know, that no too. state taxes and you living know? in Miami as a member as, of the as, Dolphins, and, and still getting together every year to, to pop who, champagne. And who played on that team? Yes, was that number forty-two? Oh yeah, yep. Paul Warfield. Paul Warfield. Warfield. Ah, that's all you need to know. Sam and Greg, go. Sports Radio ninety-two nine the game, ninety-two nine the game Take us with you on the Odyssey app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. It's Sam and Greg on the 7th day of August. Thank you for making us a part of your uh, your Sunday morning. How are we doing so far? Doing good. We all right? Oh, yeah. Everybody good? Eric, you good? Everybody good? Guests come on in. They're good. Dustin Long, I want to thank him. Miles Garrett, did a great job coming on this morning. And our next guest, mm-hmm. who's a regular of the show. Oh, yeah. He's always great. And I know what my first question is going to be to him. It has to do with his show later on today from the Diamond with Grant McCauley. Okay. How much time after they get through dissecting whatever happens with this final game between the Mets and the Braves and as they approach their upcoming series here in Atlanta, what Cincinnati hopefully will do and Philadelphia will do to the Mets their next two series and what the Braves may do, how much time and what sort of tribute are you going to do, if any, for Vin Scully? as I welcome Corey McCartney joining us here. Good morning, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously we're going to spend a long time talking about that Braves-Mets series and what happens with uh, Spencer Strider and Jacob DeGrom. But I I think obviously we're going to, you know, spend some time talking about Vince Scully. I mean, you know, it's – I mean, the the guy was – you use the word giant or legend, you know, in a field. Seems small, uh, doesn't it? use that quite a bit. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem enough. and. My, I, I just have one interaction with Vince Scully, and even that was like, you know, everyone talks about how warm and welcoming and how he was kind of everybody's friend. And I think, you know, even just sitting in the, uh, you know, the Turner Field media room uh, back when he was still traveling, uh, that'd be around 2013, I remember him coming by and stopping at our table and say, hello, boys. And he was just like the mere fact that <laughs> yeah. he's stopping and talking to you. You're like, what in the world? So. Um, you know, pretty cool moment. So uh, I know it didn't mean, probably mean anything to him. He probably did it, you know, a hundred times uh, uh, in his life or a thousand times in his life. But uh, it was pretty cool in the moment. Very cool. Very cool, folks. Was pleased we're spending some time always with Corey McCartney. He is social. You can find him on Twitter at Corey J. McCartney and Corey J. McCartney, all lowercase. 
Uh, great to have you with us. All right, what do you make of, of this weekend? I mean, we're going to try to salvage a game here today. Um, the, the pitching matchup that we hoped to get last night, you know, their guy showed up, our guy showed up too, but the rarity was errors in the infield, and that's something that's been so good for this team, Corey. Uh, it's been the play of our infield, and and um, to see the ball get thrown around the parking lot a little bit, you know that that that, that was tough to see. Yeah, I mean, you feel for Max, for Max Free. Sorry, I get my Maxes uh, crossed here in the morning, but you feel for Max Free there when he tried to feel that ball from Dansby Swanson and ended up making a sideways throw and landed on his shoulder and his head. But it kind of felt like that was kind of that was the Braves yesterday, right? I mean, it felt like they ended up falling on their shoulder and hitting their head a little bit because nothing was seemingly all the stuff that had gone right for them for so long um, did not go right yesterday, and obviously the infield. Defense was a big part of that. And uh, the other side, I mean, we talk about how Max Scherzer gets so amped up and how he just has that way of just, you know, taking things to a different level. Remember uh, last year in the NLCS, he left that series. I left his his last time he faced the Braves in 2021 was he left the game with dead arm. And his first two times he's faced them this year, he's held them to one run over 14 innings. So you're taking a guy who already gets a crazy amped up about everything, and now you've got a chip on his shoulder uh, against a major rival. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, he's a one-man buzzsaw, but you know, this guy's one of the best pitchers of his generation. Um, and, you know, Max Scherzer came to play, and uh, unfortunately the Braves made some miscues along the way that they weren't able to match him. Miscues aside, and, and I agree with you 100%, but the, what, I, what I have seen out of Max Scherzer during his career, because of everything that you just said, Sometimes that can be a detriment. He gets so tightly wound, and if he's hit early, we just got to figure we got to get both of these guys because we're going to talk about DeGrom in a second here, and you, we don't know what we're going to get. We're, you don't know what we're going to see. But I do believe this. If these guys get to him early, DeGrom today and whenever they face Scherzer again, whether it's the next series or down the road in the playoffs, you got to get to these guys early. There has to be a conscious effort to play innings one, two, three if possible, like seven, eight, and nine. Get some runners on, station to station, baseball, get them on, get them over, get them in. And that seems to be the approach because Scherzer's making a liar out of me. These guys ain't touching late in the game. I thought that he'd give up home run after home run, you know, late in the game after they've seen him a third time, but he's got some sort of extra juice going right now. And maybe it won't be there in September. But do you subscribe to the theory that what we see out of DeGrom today and, and moving forward with these two guys, since they seem to be the obstacle in front of the Braves, if you don't get to them early, you got issues. Yeah, I mean, but I will say this year, I mean, obviously he's, you know, not pitched the entirety of the season. He's only pitched 15 games. Uh, Scherzer's actually been better in the games than he has in, like, the middle areas of it. So he's actually had a, has a .61 average against uh, in the first inning this season, and 250 in the second. So he's he's been really good early on still. Um, I, I think – the thing with DeGrom is how long is he going to go, right? I mean, he threw 59 pitches the last time out. He's not throwing 110 pitches against the Braves today. I mean, he may be out at 70, 75. What happens in those 70, 75 pitches? What does Strider, Spencer Strider do to match him? And then what can the Braves do against that bullpen on the flip side of it? Because they're going to have to pick up innings uh, today for Jacob DeGrom. He's not going uh, really deep into that game. It's just not going to happen. I mean, obviously they wanted him back for the series. Um, and, and they're in position, you know, to, to take four out of five in this series. So they went today, but uh, I think that's going to be a big thing: is how long do they let Jabron go? 
Spending time on the WaitForIt.com hotline this morning. Corey J. McCartney joining us to talk Braves baseball, talking about this Mets series. You just talked about DeGrom. What about Spencer Strider? Here's a rookie getting the start today, uh, knowing his team really needs a win and who he gets to go up and take the mound against. Talk about a moment for him. Um, I, this is the biggest, I mean, this is the biggest start of his career, yeah. right? I mean, obviously he's faced a mess before, you know, back in July 12th, he went four and two thirds, struck out eight, allowed one run on five hits. Um, but this is a different animal. You're going into city field, you're going to get opposite Jacob deGrom. Um, you talk about, you know, lighting up the radar gun today. The average four seam velocity on Strider is 98.2. Jacob deGrom, yes, one star, but 99.7. So those two, you know, they they can both hit triple digits repeatedly. Um, this is how good Strider has been with that fastball. Only, only well, you know, seven pitchers have thrown more than him. But you got to remember, he was in the bullpen until May 30th. But they're hitting 188 against that pitch, the best of anybody. He tops the majors in whiff rate, strikeout rate. And if you go back to the last full season that Jacob deGrom had, and I know 2020 wasn't a full season, but it was the last one that he completed, those numbers eerily similar to what we're seeing out of uh, Spencer Strider right now, 186 average against all the four-seamer for him that year. So that's how good Spencer Strider has been with that pitch, where we're talking about him in the same breath as a guy who some consider the best pitcher of this generation. Do you subscribe to the theory also that today is the day going up against, short of him getting hit early and taken out of the game, but if he has any success and lasts into the middle innings, even late into the game, that this is the game that the other teams that the Braves may face in the playoffs are going to get their tape on? And this is when we're going to see whether Spencer Strider can make those adjustments that all great pitchers do when the team, um, when players make their adjustments and catch up to that fastball, know when those breaking balls are coming. Um, so this is, this is the one. As you just said, this is the biggest game of his career. This is when he's going to reach down and pull out his best stuff. I think so, yeah, because you know, you look at it, obviously you know his start against the, the Nationals uh, right before the All Star break was the worst city it had at that point. The Nationals had seen him before, right? So now that the Mets have had you know some struggles against him early, they've obviously gone back, they've watched, they're going to make their adjustments going into this game. How does he uh, adjust yeah. in game? And another element of this too is you know, Travis Darno's day to day after that issue last night with uh, after taking the hit against Pete Alonso. I would anticipate William Contreras is going to be behind the, the plate tonight. And this is not to say that you know William Contreras can't handle himself in this situation. But you take a young pitcher in a situation like this, I would rather have uh, Darno back behind the plate. But if he's not back there, I think that interaction between those two really young players is going to be a key piece of this as well. Spending time on the waitfor.com outline with Corey McCartney. Always great to have him join us, talk some Braves baseball, trying to give us some hope today after – uh, losing two to the Mets yeah, yesterday. Hope. Yeah, that's hope. Hope, Ain't man. nobody got a chip in August. We still got some. Uh, that's true, and that's the <laughs> thing. I think the rest of the games with the Mets will be here, uh, right. and we yep. won't, won't, won't have to go back. Won't have to go back to where they're playing this weekend. Okay, I, I will tell you this though. Yes, they still play each other seven more times, and yes, they're all at, at Truist Park. But over the last thirty-five, last thirty-six games of the season. The Braves will play. Uh, the Mets will play 28 of them against losing teams. They have eight more of those games against the Braves in that span. The Braves have got to win those games against the Mets. Those last seven, if not if not every one of them, they got to come pretty close because when you're talking about you know an, an eight game buffer against losing teams, unless the Mets you know have a free fall, this is going to be a difficult climb, and they've got to go out and, and improve it against the team ahead of them in the standings. Wow. Uh... 
<laughs> I'm holding out hope. I'm holding out hope. Oh, yeah. It's the adjustments that are what's – this is when these guys make their money. This is when the pitching coaches, this is when the veterans, they make their money. As we said, from this point on, they're going to start getting film on these guys who they know they're going to face in the playoffs and how they make their adjustments. And back, the chess match begins. We started a new pitcher yesterday, too, a new acquisition yesterday. Thoughts about the, the performance, uh, especially coming off the, the performance of Anderson. Uh, a lot of people were wondering about, you know, is that going to be competition uh, for, you know, getting a spot for the postseason in October? What are your thoughts about, about, the, uh, about the start yesterday? Yeah, I mean, Jake Odorizzi was pretty shaky, right? I mean, obviously there was some soft contact. I mean, you could say there was the the whole pitching staff been victim of soft contact during this series, but erratic command, uh, four and two thirds, you know, made a throwing error on a pickoff attempt that led to another run. Um, Six hits, three earned uh, runs, uh, four Ks, three walks, and four and two thirds. Hit six hard hit balls against him, which is 95 mile an hour or more. Um, I mean, he said he had cramping and it began on the, the first pitch of the fifth inning. So, I mean, obviously the guy was amped up. You know, he goes into a, a this situation, new team. He's got to go, you know, go into City Field, knows how big this series is. Um, so I, I guess I don't want to put too much stock into this one, but we know how good Ian Anderson can be. So I don't know that I'm willing to say, you know, right now that Odorizzi is going to end up taking a start, but I, I do think they're going to shield uh, Strider as the innings. Remember, every start that he's going to be taking uh, now is going to be uh, the most innings he's thrown as a professional pitcher. So, uh, I think that's going to be part of it, too, is finding ways to get guys extra days off. And I think that's going to be Odorizzi's role uh, more so than, than taking somebody's spot in the rotation. You know, as we sit here and talk about this, I'm thinking about yesterday's game, too. And one of the things Chip Carey even brought up when Scherzer's pitching, and I'm sure it's happened conversely when the Braves had the big three pitching and, and, and other pitches, when you get that all-time great on the, on the mound, you don't need the ump helping him out. <laughs> by extending a strike zone. That was driving us crazy yesterday. Uh watching some of these pitches. I, Go ahead. And I and I will and I will and I do wonder too how much of that is the guy, not necessarily, you know, that I mean, is he giving him a bigger strike zone because of who he knows he is? Or is it just, you know, okay, that looked like a strike to me. Like how much does that come into play where well, obviously this guy's got pinpoint accuracy. You yeah, know, that's right on the edge and he's getting caught. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. don't happen with Joe West. Don't make me miss. No. Don't make me miss Cowboy Joe because you got these young umps in there. Hey, dude! Before we let you go, did you see what happened with Bobby Bonilla's contract? They sold it, the actual contract for 180k at auction. I, this doesn't. This doesn't. He's still getting his money, but do you know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, I, I think you know. I, I listen to Steve Phillips all the time on LB Network Radio. I think he deserves a cut of that because he's responsible for <laughs> you know a deal that people just I mean, they literally bring it up almost every day. Yeah, the January 1st Bobby Bonilla Day contract where he's going to be getting, he's going to be still getting from a contract that got put together uh, because of, the, speaking of the Madoffs, back in the day, yeah. he's going to be getting a million plus for one year after Bryce Harper's contract ends. And his is for 13 years. Whoa. Wow. It yeah. ends one year hey. after Bryce Harper's contract ends. <laughs> All that time. Man, it's a great country. Hey, uh, listen, get us a win today, Corey. We appreciate you coming on with us. And, again, I want to remind you from the Diamond, you can hear that show, uh, Corey and Grant McCauley, right here, 5 till 7, every Sunday night, correct, on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Awesome, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Hey, before you leave, any update? Kid win a trophy this week? How's the travel team? 
Everything good? We we so we're we're off this weekend, so we took we're giving everybody a breather. Uh, we're giving the competition a breather. Listen, listen, to, him. Uh, listen to him. Uh, listen to him. Uh, listen to him. Uh, 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 they better be stretching, right? That's what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Corey McCartney. Nice. From the Diamond. Enjoy the Sam Greg here. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, man. Sports Radio 929 the game. 929thegame.com. Join us on the Aussie app. Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. It's Sam and Greg on this Sunday morning. Thank you for making us a part of your weekend. We'll be back next Saturday and Sunday morning from 6 until 10. I haven't said this the whole show, and I should remind everybody that August 19th is the first of this year's HSSS shows. Okay. <laughs> the high school scoreboard show featuring my partner, Mr. Crenshaw, and Chris Parker, they're going to start August 19th and give you everything you need to know, some sound, updates. I mean, it's a five-hour show, right? Five-hour show. Yeah, so they'll be eating uh, something during the show. Lots of fun. Well, eating. Yeah, that'd be some maybe <laughs> yeah. beforehand, maybe some afterwards. And some uh, and but some cold in, pumpkin pie. In, in between, no, we keep <laughs> the pumpkin pie up in Detroit. Uh, but but we got to be here. And, uh, look, looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, the yeah. crew is ready to get going. They're chomping at the bit. Y'all been meeting like I, I I can't get you on the phone these days because you're meeting with folks a we're day day here just, and just, Eric just, there and yeah, Garrett and just thing. Just make sure Dylan. everybody's got the, the the I's dotted and the T's crossed and just get ready to uh, to get going there on the 19th and then and, and the next day uh, we will be at uh, at uh, Mercedes Benz Stadium and uh, we'll all be the crews working to broadcast. Uh, the four games that Saturday of the Corky Kell Classic. And those games, once again, the 10 o'clock game, McEachern, North North Gwinnett. 1 o'clock game, Brookwood, Norcross, 4 p.m., Walton, Mill Creek, and uh, Marietta Grayson at 7. And that will be the fourth and final day of uh, four days uh, to get things kicked off for the high school football season. So be sure and join us for the high school scoreboard show on Friday night, the 19th, and then the 20th, uh, practically all during the day uh, for football at the Corky Kell Classic. And if not, come on down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Yeah. See you down there. Hopefully they'll have a uh, you know, snow cone machine out front by then. Get yourself yeah. one before you walk inside there. But it's, it's, it's H-Triple-S. That's what I'm going to call it. The H-Triple-S show. All right. It's easy to say. H-Triple-S. It will catch on. I'm telling you. Uh, in all seriousness, before we get back to silliness here, before we turn things over to uh, Chris and Bo, I know you had mentioned this earlier in the show, but we have a new audience right now, and I think they should know about this because um, most everybody in our audience has a connection, uh, had a connection with this woman. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, National Association of Black Journalists having their annual uh, meeting out in um, uh, out in Las Vegas, and a um, number of people from the Metro Atlanta area are out there, and um, they made an announcement that the Cox Media Group is launching the Jovita Moore Scholarship Fund. Uh, $25,000 annual investment to students studying uh, broadcast journalism and remembrance uh, and the legacy of the life of Atlanta News anchor Joe Vita Moore, who we lost uh, last year. So um, great gesture, uh, fantastic uh, to honor her that way at that event and doing something that's going to encourage and uh, inspire some young folks, the next, the coming generations of, uh, of uh, broadcast journalists, people who want to do what she did, follow in her footsteps. Want to remind you that uh, former offensive lineman Brian Baldinger, I always have a hard time just getting his name up, Brian Baldinger. Yeah. He'll be here with Baldy's Breakdowns. Everything you need to know, uh, he's former offensive lineman, he's going to bring you up uh, on everything you need to know about what's going on with the uh, with the NFL. You can uh, listen. 
Baldy's Breakdowns. You can hear that on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't, I haven't mentioned Baldy's Breakdowns today, so I want to make sure I get that in there. All these things. Because I've been talking all day long, whether it's the Falcons, whether it's the Hawks, whether it's um, Atlanta United. All those games, along with all the music and news that Atlanta needs, right here on the Odyssey app. Check them all out there. So, anyway, Sam and Greg, um, we have had a uh, – it's been an ebb and flow to the show today, and we want to thank the people that participated in it. Dustin Long from NBC letting you know what's going on with NASCAR. They're getting ready to rev up there in Michigan yep. with a car that if you're any kind of a basketball fan, you need to check – at least look for that. Yep, That'll yep. bring you to the TV to Chris watch. Chris Busher's car, car number 17, will be decked out for uh, LeBron James and the LeBron James – Family Foundation, I believe, will have it all decked out in those green colors. So you want to watch for that car. Uh, I guess he'll be there. Or we'll, we'll see if he's there. Yeah. And we also see if, if Michael Jordan shows up since his car is on the pole. Uh, with, hmm. with, and Bubba Wallace is on the pole for this race today. And uh, see if he can't race his way into the playoffs so he can get a, and get a win. Like I said, ever since Jordan announced He's hiring a new driver. That was that was his Steve. Cut, he was that was his Steve Kerr punch. Hey man, during during the practice, all of a sudden, Bubba Wallace. All of a sudden, Bubba's rolling, man. <laughs> he feels the well between that and Kurt Busch. He's he's trying to take. I've never. When's the last time you heard somebody say, "I'll take less money to stay where I'm at"? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's as far as the individual type sports, if you will. Yeah. You don't normally hear you that. You don't hear that. I said Kurt, isn't Kyle? Kyle? I'm sorry, Kyle. Let's get them two confused. Yeah, yeah. Kurt Kurt actually drives for Jordan, and as a matter of fact. He got he got banged up a couple of weeks and he's got concussion protocol and uh, Coach Gibbs' grandson is driving is driving that car today. What do you think about these dudes staying sharp? The way we have heard, we we, we saw this when the pandemic hit and there was no racing, there was no sports. We all gravitated to i racing, right? Right. These guys apparently are spending the race drivers now are spending hours and hours going back to that, and that's what's keeping them sharp. We're hearing between races. They're doing that, and then also, um, you know, something that Kyle Larson was doing that they people thought was a deal was he was just getting in cars, period. Like if somebody was racing at a short track on a Thursday night, hey, you got room for me? Just just to get laps, you know, just, just to, to get some reps, some reps uh, in a race environment. So maybe some drivers are doing that. But you can put those simulators and set them up, you know, for the track that you're going to be driving on and, and just get some experience. The thing is they're still making the adjustments to this car, and it's something that, that Dustin talked about, fuel mileage, because usually there's so few cautions at this particular track, fuel mileage becomes a deal, and it becomes a guessing game. Like, do you have enough? You don't want to be that guy out there with the lead going into the last two laps, and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, right, and somebody just blows right by you. So, you know, knowing that you, your pit crew, your crew chief, they got to make the right call if you're not getting those cautions that right. allows you to come in and, and top off your tank. That's always the interesting thing up up in Michigan, which is 60 miles north of Detroit. There we go, where this track is, okay. which makes it up north. Up north. That's all they say. <laughs> it's either if you ain't in Detroit and down that area, you ain't in East Lansing or Lansing. Uh, you're not UP. Well, it's either you're. I'm, I've been schooled in this. Hey, we all say up north, and you're going up north. That's what I'm told. Okay, it could be 20, 20 miles outside Detroit, but once you leave that area, apparently you're going up north. Okay, everything is up north, and the UP is the UP. Okay, that's the only other thing I know about Michigan, and I know. And it took me a minute. There's other. The, the only two other things I know about that state is this: it's some kind of crazy configuration where you have to go south. From Detroit into Canada. <laughs> That's true. That was the one yeah. thing that always, it was just hard for me to wrap my mind around. But Windsor curves down and around, and you can look at it on a map. You have to go south into Canada, and that it has 
the largest amount of shoreland of any state in America. All right. You wouldn't think about that. You wouldn't think I'd so. I think Florida, California. No, yeah, Michigan right. does. No, Michigan. You ever spent any time in the Great Lakes area? Yeah. Man. I mean, in Chicago, Cleveland, and Detroit, like I said. No, I'm at the, like, out there on the lake doing stuff. Oh, not out on the lake, no, but I've been been around it. Yeah, man, I'm going to take you up there. Yeah, been around. Got Saginaw been around. and that side and go to Wisconsin on the other side there, a little <laughs> Green Bay up, Door County, you know. You don't have to worry about fishing, and we've been watching fishing all morning long here, please, and don't get me started. <laughs> but that's the one thing you don't have to worry about in Chicago. The fish will just float right up to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Cleveland, too. Uh, don't forget, folks, that you can. They are holding open practices uh, up at Falcons Camp. You can go up and uh, check out the team working out. Uh, practices going to back, back tomorrow. They'll be back at it. Um, go there. Of course, you have to go online, falcons.com um, slash um, I think open practice, and then you go to that, and you can get get your ticket to go out. And it's no, it's a free ticket, but you just want to keep a head count. How many folks coming out? So they had a big crowd out there yesterday, but you want to come up and uh, check out open practice tomorrow, Tuesday, and Wednesday. The team travels on Thursday because they play up at Detroit Friday night. As the show winds down, it's time for us to cover some of the things we haven't yet as we flush out some of the small stories we may have missed with Sam and Greg. I didn't mention this during casting call. Did you hear what Conor McGregor is up to? No. He has been signed to be a part of the remake of the movie Roadhouse. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm thinking of Conor McGregor. How do you think? That accent. I mean, if it's anywhere close to the other movie with Patrick Swayze, eh, I don't know. But Conor McGregor is going to be in the remake of, of Roadhouse. What is going on with that Auburn quarterback? T.J. Finley? Yeah. You got a ticket this past week? You hear about that? Yeah. On a moped, of all things. And he's and he's trying to – I don't think he gets the starting job right now down at Auburn. So, I mean, I don't know where he lands on the depth chart. Um, but, you know, he's, a, he's an experienced guy coming back. Remember – He only Nick's, had three wins. I mean, three starts last year, you right, said. Right. And he came off the bench against Georgia State. We all remember that. Because Georgia State was beating him until he came off the bench. Well – Them and the, the, the combination of the SEC referees. <laughs> So, yeah. Well, having said that. all of that, yeah. the dude's the first person to sign an NIL with Amazon. Yeah. Well, how about that? He signed an NIL with Amazon, first player last week to do so. Uh, some of the things that happened on this day, you know that today was the possible, as it was worded, the possible first performance of Shakespeare's Macbeth. Possible? Possible. Why because, possible? you know, well, they're keeping records for way back when, you know, ain't that tight. We're talking like 1606. George Washington on this date created the Purple Heart. That's right. George Washington on this date created the Purple Heart, which was originally called the Badge of Military Merit. Mm. So there you go. Satchel Paige. We mentioned Satchel both days this weekend. At 51 years old. Okay. Was the oldest pitcher to win a game, and he did it in front of the largest crowd in minor league baseball history. But he pitched... Uh, won the game. He did it at the Orange Bowl in front of 57,000 people. Wow. 57,000 for a minor league game to see this dude. It was done in 1956. Uh, today was the day that Desert Shield, not Desert Storm, Desert Shield started. Okay. Um, 1992 on this day, Orlando Magic signed their number one pick. Anybody want to guess who that was? I believe you guys know. You heard of him? Shaquille O'Neal. There you go. Um, and birthdays today, Don Larson, last perfect game in World Series history. You're a fan of that uh, Prairie 
uh, Prairie, whatever it's called, Prairie Home Companion. It went Prairie up for, Home Companion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for decades. Yeah. Garrison Keeler's right. birthday today. Mentioned Alan Page, 77 today. Wayne Knight. You know who that is? I'll tell you his characters. Okay. He's, that's Newman. Okay. Newman from Seinfeld was also Newman in JFK the movie. Whoa. He was. His name was okay. Kevin Costner called him Newman a couple times in JFK. That was his name there, too. He was also in Space Jam, Jurassic Park. Charlize Theron, birthday today. Wow. Sid the Kid, Sidney Crosby. A lot of folks are going to feel old. 35 today. Oof. And a dude who just got bank, Kyler Murray, 25 today. Okay. okay. So there you go. Your insignificant information. We are emptying the thing here. I wish you had another flush sound, but thank you, Eric. Look who's in studio. Yeah, man. Look who's following us. Up, I boys? mean, yeah, man, how you doing? Good. Uh, this, now, Bo's not here, but we got Chris Thomas with us. You guys, first time you followed us, at uh, least I, here. I think the second time, actually. There was one other time a few months back that we had the honor and the privilege. Go, oh, please. Oh, God. Yeah, ain't he, though? It was on a, it was on a holiday, if I recall correctly. I think the last major holiday on uh, Monday. Okay. Okay. Ah, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I loved coming in here and getting edumacated from your list there. We got a whole bunch of stuff for the show now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called insignificant information, which I'm full of. And so throughout the show, I try to weave it in, but we just got to dump it out at the end of the show. Which you, I mean, let's jump on the obvious. You guys are obviously going to talk about the, just how you feel after seeing a doubleheader dropped yesterday by these Braves. Yeah, I'm going to challenge Bo on there. May have been a move that double A misfired on. Ooh. And it will have to do with the pitching department. Mm. Uh-oh. Okay. Mm. That's, that's a call of world-class tease right mm. there. That's a world-class Curious class to get tease. this one. Curious to get this one. Thoughts on uh, what you've heard so far? Or I don't know if you've been out to camp just so far with the Falcons. Uh, I'm very interested in three positions. Okay. Offensive line battle, wide receiver battle, and the running back room. We got a lot of people for a few spots. Yep. Yep. So what do you you and Bo go back and forth? Bo Morgan, of course, and Chris T- uh, Thomas here. They're going to be following us. What do you guys go back and forth about mostly? I mean, other than opinions on sports, but like, where do you push each other's buttons? Uh, well, so Bo is uh, a Matt Ryan lover. Okay. So if you bring up that name, uh oh, it's go time, baby. <laughs> really? You're gonna be on? Okay. Hey, man. So he's not looking for okay. Well, this next incarnation of this offense, but well, you heard the reports coming out of Indianapolis is that he's basically walking on water out there, and yeah. he can do no wrong. I'm sure. So if that gets brought up, yeah, it's on, baby. All right, that All right, is that is. I'm sorry, go ahead, Eric. Before you let Chris go, I got one question for him. Who are you cheering for today at 3:30, Chris? <sighs> yeah, I know he's a New Yorker now. Let, let, okay. Why got to do me like this? <laughs> yeah. but, but here's the thing. He's like me. He's wearing a team from the other division, even though he's from New York. You asked me about, like, if this were going back in the day when the White Sox were getting things done, I wouldn't care because I'm a Cubs fan. But I want the city to do well, but he's sitting here with a Yankees hat on. Well, I want my paychecks to clear, so let's go Braves, baby. <laughs> Look at him. Listen to him. Listen to him. That is Eric Slaughter. Oh, great. Thank you, sir, for your contribution today. And you guys got a big week coming up, right? Y'all yep, are going to yep, be doing yep. some things. We can talk about it next week. We'll talk about it next week. But you guys got some stuff coming up this week, Mr. Crenshaw. Big day today? Um, no, I'm going to watch and see if we get a win. Me too. I'll watch be right there see, with watch you. Watch and see if we get a win, man. Folks, thank you for letting us be a part of your Sunday morning. We'll be back next Saturday from 6 to 10 and again on Sunday. This is Sam and Greg. Bo and Chris are up next. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9 The Game.com. Take us with you on the Odyssey app.
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.